Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Rose and Shine podcast. Featuring us, the Swedish sisters, Josephine Roos and Victoria Roos Olsen. Based in Brighton and Atlanta, we share experiences from our international lives and careers. Good afternoon from Atlanta. This is Victoria speaking. Good morning from New Zealand, from the land of the free Yay! <laughs> at the moment. This is Josephine. <laughs> we made it to March already. I know. And uh, I personally celebrated one year with COVID with actually getting COVID. So for everyone who was wondering how it, yeah, we all got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And how are you? How are you feeling? And how are you feeling now? So I think we've been, I mean, knowing how bad it can hit for some people, I think we've been really fortunate that for me and Andreas, it was more like a flu. Mm. And for me, probably it's taking the longest to recover because I kind of just had to continue and do some workshops and certain things. Um, Surprise. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> knowing me, that's really surprising. <laughs> Not, uh -huh. But yeah, so that's probably why I'm a little bit more tired. Andreas lost his smell and his uh, taste. And um, yeah, for Isabel was sort of like a one or two days. And then she was out and about. And Philippa, we don't really know. If, she had it like a tinkle in her throat. That's mm. it. 16 years, you know, like yeah. 16 years old. Then yeah. that's what you get. Yeah. So that's like the story for, for us. Oh, well, that's good. How it's are you? Nice that you had it so, so an easy, mild version of it. I am good. <laughs> I am out in New Zealand ah. in the freedom and I was listening back to our last episode, you know, and how I was still in quarantine and yeah. so much looking forward to this. And then it all went really well. But then around day 12, when we had our final test, I started to freak out and think, what if we have COVID now mm -hmm. and we'll have to do, you know, another 14 days in quarantine. But we didn't. And, you know, they followed up with us since then. And we had to check in boxes that we're well and, and we are. So it's absolutely wonderful. And no, it's incredible to be in New Zealand. It's a, it's a different world. <laughs> okay, so Josephine, for, for everyone who's not, you know, able to travel right now, can you just explain to all of us where, where you're sitting? What, what are you looking at right now? What's, tell us. I'm looking at, sorry for butchering any words, I'm looking at Lake Wakatipu mm -hmm. in the southern part, one of the most 
It's not the southernmost cities in the world. There are a few more in New Zealand that are more southern and a couple in Argentina. Uh, but in Queenstown, mm-hmm. looking out at the mountains with a beautiful name, the Remarkables. Ugh. And they truly are remarkable, uh, beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, it's this beautiful lake, this beautiful little town where people go for adventure sports and to bungee jump and to do all of those things. Uh, and of course, it's really quiet now in terms mm-hmm. of no tourism. But from a very, from the selfish perspective, not contemplating lo- <laughs> job losses and all of that, it is beautiful to be here <laughs> at this moment <laughs> because we're really enjoying the city. And um, last weekend we went, you know, one hour's drive from here. You come to a place called Glenorchy and then you continue a little bit further and you're in this place called Paradise. Mm. And it is Paradise. Um, it's a place that really lives up to its beautiful name. So just a lot of nature and a lot of beautiful things um, here. So very blessed. Wow. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, it's just so wonderful to uh, to hear that. And so while you're out and about and there's like no restrictions. and I have you- to say, sorry, there is a lockdown at the moment, though, in Auckland because uh. they are taking very severe measures as soon as there's just a couple of cases, mm-hmm. which there are now a bit more than a couple uh, in Auckland. Yeah. They move to a level three, which means that it shuts down. And now we're here to level two. So there's a little bit more, you know, consciousness around it, but still, yeah, not comparable to no, <laughs> the no. other places in the world. So so while you're there doing that, um, many other people are just sort of in the, the same, like we're hitting one year now. Can you believe it's March already? Yeah. And what I've seen, and it's just... We're just tired. Everyone's tired and everyone's tired on on being on Zoom, right? And it's like meetings back to back and it's crazy. And I have heard a few friends saying like, yeah, and then I go off camera and I go and just have a little lie down because I'm so tired. Like, and it's like, yeah, I I, I used to think I, I put a post up yesterday on LinkedIn actually saying like, just we need to take charge of this, right? It's not you know, you mean to have all these meetings back to back all day with when yeah. we sort of staring into your camera in this little box right in front of you. So And I heard this great reflection of how we are, you know, in real life, we're adapting to our own screen, our own picture of ourselves in the Zoom because we're we're seeing ourselves and the energy yeah. that we give out or don't yeah. give mm-hmm. out. So mm-hmm. it's this weird thing where we are connecting with ourselves in meetings in a way that yes. we weren't before yes Yes. (laughs) well it's march uh which also means that it it goes so quickly but it's international women's day yes so that's wonderful and you know it's really nice now with march because it's really coming up everywhere and everyone is talking Uh about you know everyone is talking but there's a lot about international women's day and yeah two years ago we were sending our first live pod uh, from stockholm i was Eight months pregnant with Luca. And that was a really fun experience. Yes. So in this episode, we really want to give uh, the latest status of women 2021. Okay. So what what's happened? What's the status in the world? Uh, what's going well? What's not going so well? We'll just share a few reflections on that. Yes. So we've been doing some research and a few interesting articles have been popping up that we could base some of our conversations around. 
And um, I mean, the first one that was in the Washington Post is with a beautiful title, Who Won't Shut Up in Meetings? Men Says It's Women. And then me adding, surprisingly, it's not. No. <laughs> And this article is written by Adam Grant, which I'm I'm so excited to. I have his new book here on my desk, so I'm excited to dig into that. So really, like, what's the key topic here? I mean, how did he start? What about this? Yeah, no, um, so the main, the main key or the, the use of the article and why it's written, it's based on the Japanese Olympic Committee that was discussing steps for bringing more women onto boards in sports. Yeah. And then, of course, their main leader of the Tokyo Olympics Organizing Committee, um, who is also, um, his name is Yoshiro Mori, and he's a former prime minister of Japan. He brought up with grave concern that when you increase the number of female executive members, um, if their speaking time isn't restricted, it does take up too much time. They take up too much time and it's a difficulty to finish meetings and that's very annoying. And that, when you saw that, what was your first reaction? Oh, I mean, I think that for from the perspective of where we're coming from, I... Yeah, and no, I'm very surprised that that perspective is still held. Yeah. It seems incredibly old-fashioned. That, that's what I'm like, is this a joke? Mm. So anyway, and what I really liked about this article and what I like about Adam Grant is that he's not just letting it go as like, no, yes, true or not. He's looking at the evidence. And he's saying here that the pattern is clear and consistent. It's usually men who won't shut up, especially, interesting enough, powerful men you'd think like once they got to that point they'd be able to relax a little bit more right mm -hmm. and and he's really looking in i mean he's finding some of the studies around the u.s senators and just seeing how much um, men were taking the floor and how mm -hmm. much men were speaking and also that women it was not so much that they were afraid of building rapport or worried about that but rather they were afraid of being seen as dominant and controlling And it's not only that women or we are afraid of that, but that is actually what's happened. Like we are perceived as being dominant and rude and controlling when speaking too much. Or <laughs> exactly, <laughs> when speaking. And and what is also interesting is the perception. So he was in a group of, of four people. Mm -hmm. If you know, if one of them were woman out of those four people. She spoke 40% less than each of the men. Yeah. And even when the group had a majority of three women, they still spoke 36% less than of the two men. Yeah. So only in groups with four women will they actually speak up as much as one man. Yeah. I mean, that is something we need to change for all of, no, it's for like, all, yeah. all of the women in the room here that listening and all of the men too listening to our podcast. I mean... This is where we need to check in on our bias and think if we ever think that a woman has been talking for too long or for too much. Yeah. Like check in on your bias here because yes. it's just that you're not used to hear a woman speaking as much is what this tells me. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I think that people in general very often has a very poor perception of how much are, are they actually speaking, right? So mm. uh, I work a lot with leaders and we're talking about the one-on-one -on -one communications where very often like a typical leadership trap is that the leaders come into the conversation and they do the 80% of the talking, mm. right? Mm -hmm. But very often this is a blind spot. They don't realize they're like, oh yeah, well, 50, 50 or no. I'm like, as like this, 
But then what, what we do and what we do in the world of facilitation also very often is like, we of course want to also listen more and not just send, because then you can just as well watch a video or a clip, right? Mm -hmm. if, if I'm going to be doing all the talking all the time. So we actually record ourselves and we check what percentage are we talking and uh, what yeah. percentage are we listening, right? How uh -huh. much are we sending? And I, now I'm, I'm telling leaders like, if you're on Zoom and why don't you record yourself, right? Like not the Zoom call so that you record what your person is saying, your team member is saying, but you can record your own voice and see in that one hour, how much were you talking and how much were you really listening? Uh, that's super interesting and connects to a study that I've recently read of US-based researcher Tasha Yurik. And she talks about self-awareness. And there was a poll with people that had to, people that estimated that they were self-aware mm -hmm. were then tested on their self-awareness. And it turns out that about 15 to 20% were self-aware. And what we only, uh, yeah, <laughs> right? So what it is, is that we are really good at kind of knowing how am I feeling and thinking, but much less receptive to how we are being perceived and how the surrounding environment is perceiving and receiving us. Yeah. So hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, that, that's wonderful. And here's another thought on that, that we work a lot within our trust content, how it's very often that we judge ourselves on our intention, right? So, well, mm. I had the intention to, to listen, but we judge others on their behavior, wow. right? So yeah. sometimes it's like we, we slip on our behaviors, but we sort of forgive ourselves because no, we didn't mean to sort of interrupt that woman or like, but we did it and we evaluate others on, on their behavior. So, yeah. Yeah, no, super interesting. And then another really interesting aspect was looking at rudeness and politeness and mm -hmm. interruption. So the, the mansplaining type uh, <laughs> part. So they were looking at judges in the US, women and men, and finding that women were much more likely to be interrupted by men than to interrupting. Something around 70% more likely to be interrupted. Mm. And then what I thought was interesting as well, and the biggest reflection was, not only did men interrupt more, but when women interrupted them, they saw it and other men saw that as more impolite. Yeah, than if a man would have interrupted them. Yes. And whereas a woman's perspective, the women judges, they felt like it was equally rude <laughs> when yeah. they were being interrupted by a woman or a man. So that... It's extremely interesting. And it's all, again, shaped by what, what's okay and what's not okay. And it's interesting because it goes into leadership and leadership competencies. And and this is also mentioned in this article. So in, there was a study with over 100,000 leaders uh, where women were actually rated more competent by others. Mm -hmm. But the lead, the male, the men were just as confident in their own leadership skills, which is interesting. Mm. So in evaluations from their bosses, women outscored men on 17 of 19 key leadership capabilities, wow. which is really, really interesting. But then they're saying, like, it's not necessarily that women are born that way, but that they are shaped, if you wish, into these skills. They need them in order to be able to be successful, which then makes me really think about what you just said. Like, it seems to be more rude if a woman is interrupting than a man. Like a man will perceive that as being more rude, which ultimately maybe trains the woman to actually be a better communicator 
and listen better and not go for that interruption. Yeah, and that's interesting. So in one way, we are maybe developing our competencies further, given the challenge that we are posed with. Mm-hmm. And then the other part, which is also touched upon in the in the article, it becomes this kind of the male ego. It's so weak and vulnerable, in a sense, uh, to be interrupted. And, and, you know, they can easily fall down from that dominant position that they are in and I mean I think that's interesting also now racing to boys yeah um, in one way I would feel like it's more straightforward to race to girls I mean of course with its challenges but you mm-hmm. kind of know how to talk about feminism and how to talk about equality from that perspective but potentially even more insights and, and thought needs to be put into racing men that are essentially strong enough to be what our society thinks is weak. Yeah. Which is not weak at all, but to be listening and empathetic and opening, inviting others. I agree. I think that's a big responsibility. How do you actually help raising boys without that bias? Yeah. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's interesting. All these competencies that we've spoken about, all our bias around that, there's a lot of studies and articles written now about the female leadership in the age of COVID. Exactly. And I mean, I think talking about women and COVID, there are two, essentially two different perspectives. Mm -hmm. One that we can talk about and maybe spend less time on is the consequences that have been much worse for women on the big picture, on a global scale. So much more women have lost their jobs um, women work in a lot of the professions that are at higher risk during COVID. And then as well, childcare and so on is, is often has been closed a lot or or you've been losing your job if you're working there. So having a lot of negative impact, unfortunately, on women. So that is all the ones that have 
lost their jobs. But then there's also lots of articles on and information on really female leaders that are resigning, that are oh. giving up their jobs because they feel that they can't cope with all the roles. Yeah. So that's also another group of, of leaders that these feel like it's not worth it and I'm I'm quitting. Yeah, no, and I mean, I can absolutely see that, having to navigate like childcare yeah. and working from home. It's hugely demanding and so much pressure to, to keep the life working smooth. Ish. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, but then on the more on the on the brighter side or looking at the leadership skills that were the where you are going, mm-hmm. yes, we're seeing that there are some of the leadership skills that seem to be qualities that women uh, have in a higher grade of or more practice in doing, as you referred to before, which is that compassion and empathy mm-hmm. combined with decisiveness. Yeah. And of course, like New Zealand is the poster child of this with Jacinda Ardern. Yes. Tell us a little bit about her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, she's she's incredible. She's very Kiwi, as they call themselves here, in the sense that she's very approachable and, and open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I saw a press conference with her the other day. She said the wrong name to, name to the journalist. And then she's like, oh, sorry, I've done that twice this week, haven't I? You know, so it's yeah. really that approachable feeling. But what they have been, uh, what she's been praised for is to take, you know, very decisive action early on, being very compassionate. So not talking about it as a war against the virus, mm. but rather like every person matters. Women matters, kids matters, grand, your granddad matters. And the idea is that this really helps the population as well to, you know, as they are shown care and kindness, mm-hmm. we are better at sharing our care and kindness with others. Yeah. And in the US, I've heard that and where there are female governors, I'm not sure if that's the case for for Atlanta. Um, well, governors, we have a major, a female major. A major. But we okay. have a male governor. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Because the male, the female governors have been also more successful, I've heard, in, in controlling yeah. the virus. Yeah. I've also read that. And well, having said that, yeah, well, it's a different, yeah, that's what we see. Yeah. And then coming back to that, and I might have touched upon it before, but it's this idea of what are the competencies that we're going to see when we're coming out of, of this that is needed. And I really believe and hope that it will be this focus on compassion and caring together with that decisiveness and leading that which which many of us are looking for in a leader. And see, this is so interesting because I used also recently read that the stereotype is that women are much more relational, right? Mm. Uh, and this stereotype was actually even increased. Like there's a study from 1946 compared to 2018. So it's like, it's just getting stronger that women are more s- relational. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that leadership is also changing. And mm. now it's much more appreciated and we need leaders that are more relational. Isn't mm. that interesting? Oh, that's super interesting. And then reflecting on some of the female leaders that you and I might have been working with, it has not always felt like they have been the most relational no. <laughs> ones. You know, maybe one has had an easier time with with some of the male bosses, you know. Um, but maybe that is also about women trying to fit into an older mold and as you're saying now, relationship or leadership is changing now, opening up for bringing out some of the 
classical, no, whatever, female qualities. That, yeah. That, um, no, and and exactly that's it. We 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 were talking about this yesterday, and I'm like looking back in my career, and I've had. I'd say almost like an equal amount of female and male leaders. And they've been like, there's been some great female leaders and there've been some not really great female leaders. And the same goes for the men, right? Mm. So it's, I cannot really relate from that personal perspective to this statistic, to Mm. to be fair. But it's, I, I do think, I love that research saying like, yes, we need to bring on these qualities that we've sort of more said like, nah, it doesn't belong in the boardroom table. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So talking about leadership competencies, there are also a few that maybe we should ditch all together, right? That have been along for around for a long time and don't really fit into the world of competencies. For example, one such a thing is executive presence. Yes. Tell me more. Yeah. So I, I... can think back on occasions where there's been talk around the leaders is oh yeah she because it's usually been a she to be honest needs to sort of work on her executive presence mm. and it's like what is executive presence I mean that is like I can just in my mind I immediately say like that's like this forceful male leader talking too much yeah <laughs> white yeah male leader <laughs> right so. I, I do think, again, like we all have to be so careful with our biases. Yeah. And I mean, I, I saw that a lot through my uh, studies as well and studying conflict resolution mm-hmm. and so on. And I was a bit, um, I mean, that turned me off a little bit from part of that because there was so much conversation around you need to come in and have gravitas. Yeah. And gravitas is also connected to being that older, wiser, white man. And I think we all, to a certain extent, reinforce that point. Yeah. Like we reinforce that someone needs to come. And, you know, it's quite hard to have gravitas as a young female <laughs> just because we do not associate gravitas with with a young female. It's really not about what you're doing. It's about what you look like and how yeah. you sound. <laughs> and now to sort of make matters worse, we've then added these this vocab of like, girl boss, mompreneur. Mm. And it's like, well, that's really sort of condescending, right? It's just like, okay, so you don't get to be a boss, you get to be a girl boss. <laughs> yeah, or a mom boss or mompreneur. And part of me could think it's a bit fun. I can see where they come up, you know. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, yes, it's like a little bit cute, you know. Yeah. It's not it's not taking all of the space in the room. It's making sure that the guys don't feel threatened and I'm a mom boss and coming in here and doing things that way. So, so it's like you don't get to be taking, you don't get to take the space of a boss. You get to become a girl boss, right? Yeah, no, it's it's, it's super interesting. And I think, again, for all of us to reflect upon, not saying that it's not necessarily anything wrong, but we just come in with these biases of how things are supposed to be. And I think as women in the room, we need to give, you know, if you're organizing a big conference, I think we could be inclined to, yeah, we want to have that keynote speaker who is a male because he has all of the gravitas. And But no, we need to rethink that. We need to vote with what our actions, you know, and, and put... um women in that place and actually it reminds me of this really fun um initiative which is called congrats you have an all-male panel (laughs) so 
<laughs> so I'll um the the participants won't be able to see this, but for the comic relief, I think I'm gonna have to share the screen with you of how this works. So anytime that you are in a meeting where there is a all male panel, mm-hmm. you are invited to or motivated to take a picture of that panel. And then you get this, like, upload this at an all-male panelist. And you get this David David Hasselhoff with a thumbs up, looking, congrats, you have an all-male panel. And it just shows, like, how there are so many different panels, even on, like, equality and women's rights and things like that, that are just all men. And, you know, it doesn't count having a female moderator. Like that's often how many panels try to get away with it. Like put one woman in there to lead or ask the questions. Um, No. So I do encourage you if you are in sitting in an all male panel or if you're seeing an all male panel, um, you know, take a picture of it, put it up here on all male panel. And if you are a man, of course, say no to participate if yeah. it's all men in the panel. So so that just means, I, I love that. And yes, I, I would encourage everyone to Google it because you'll, you'll see some really <laughs> fun uh, images coming through. But I think that's what I love that the hashtag or the challenge for uh, Women's International Women's Day 2021. Mm. And it is choose to challenge. Yes. And what what does that mean to you, Josephine? Well, I think it's really about you have the choice to stand up against bias and Mm -hmm. you need to make that choice. It's quite an active decision. And like all of those things, they are a little bit uncomfortable. And we are often perceived as, and it's true, we are often perceived as when standing up for minority rights, as if we're self-serving. Yeah. But it's not self-serving. And I think that's what we really need to remember. You know, you are supporting the world, really, by supporting women. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's about making that choice. It's about selecting women for your panels or for your workshops. It's about giving a shot, I think, to not to the untested to some extent. Yeah, I like that. Not that women are untested, but a little, you know, that sense. No, but, but uh, you know what? I, I can re- relate to that. And I think... Sometimes uh, it's about following your intuition mm. also, right? And, and I think about me, for example, when I write little articles and thoughts and reflections and how at the start I was sort of like steered into, no, it has to be this way, like this is how it, and how I'm sort of thinking to myself, no, I'm just going to write it the way I'd say it, right? And, and put it out there a little bit more, well, female, like with the female touch or with my, or at least trying to be more personal, being Mm. more genuine and not feel that I need to fit in in a mold of this is what it should be looking like. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, to add on that, check in on your bias. Yes. Because the judgment that you have to yourself is a judgment, you know, that we will have towards others, <laughs> essentially. And the other way around, if we are judging others, we're probably judging that part of ourselves. So check in on your bias. It's okay if you have bias, but be aware of it and then work against your bias. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm working on our, uh, with our new content in Franklin Covey's called Unconscious Bias. So just to 
clarify, I mean, if we have a brain, we have bias, right? Mm. Because that's how we learn. We were shaped by all the things that have happened to us. So there are certain things that we possibly need to unlearn. And just like it's something in our history got this idea into our head and we might need to challenge that. So I love that hashtag. Choose to challenge in whatever small or large way fits for you. But let's just not accept that this is as good as it got, that someone in an Olympic committee can actually say, oh, women won't, you know, like, luckily he, he lost that position. Uh, and yeah. that's just such a relief. But there are many other more examples out there. But I hope we can maybe look back to this year and, and see all the great examples from female leaders and really enhance them and, and make it even more attractive. Absolutely. So in conclusion, please, everyone, don't shut up, but don't <laughs> stop listening because we need both. That's what I would like to say. So thank you, everyone, for listening to us. We we love your feedback, your thoughts and um, your support and your following. And <laughs> do please share our episode with another friend if you like it, if you think they can benefit from it. And yeah, join us on LinkedIn. Alrighty, thank you very much. Until next time. Take care. Bye. Bye. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.